Welcome to Get Up in the Cool, old-time music with Cameron DeWitt and friends. This week's friend is River Sherelle. We recorded this a few weeks ago at the Centralia Campout in Centralia, Washington. Before we get started, I want to remind all my banjo-playing listeners, as well as my listeners who aspire to play the banjo, that I have an instructional video series, and I teach Skype lessons if you need one-on-one, two-way instruction. Both of those are available at pitchforkbanjo.com. Happy banjo-playing! Make sure to stick around afterwards, and I'll tell you how to keep up with River Sherelle. But first, here's our interview and jam. Enjoy. Thank you. 
a tune. What? A tune. Reverse Sherelle, welcome to Get Up in the Cool. Thank you for having me. I believe I met you this year at Vashon. Yeah, probably. We haven't, met, we haven't yeah. met before. Yeah, I know I've seen you around at different festivals, but I don't think I met you till this year. Well, it's a pleasure to have officially met you at the Vashon sessions, the uh, uh, inter-traditional uh, recording weekend up on Vashon Island, and you were sort of the rock star of that weekend. Oh <laughs> you were on basically every track <laughs> and playing every instrument, and I was pretty blown away by your musicianship and also your general vibe <laughs> so oh thank you so much yeah and it, it's it's always like a a green flag i guess like a good sign to me like when someone like when they want to make small talk say shit like so are you into make us need tunes <laughs> i'm like yeah this makes sense great yeah. <laughs> have them all get up in the cool so so what the hell did we just play? What was that? <laughs> That's a tune called it, uh, James Roberts tune. So James Roberts was the son of um, Dink Roberts, who are both amazing banjo players. And I uh, found a Field Recorders Collective um, uh, collection that had um, both of them on it. And, oh, cool. And this tune was written by, by James, but on the recording, on, on the album, there's recordings of both Dink and James playing yeah. it. Um, and the way they play the banjo, um, you can't really discern tune form so much. It's like these kind of cellular ideas that get tweaked and like sort of put together in different ways to kind of tell whatever story they were looking yeah. to go for. So it was kind of a tricky thing to try to put together something I could play on fiddle from that. Um, and so hence it's very crooked and tricky, but it was really fun to try to figure that out. I've, yeah, I've only really heard the, the Dink Roberts FRC, where it's just him. And if I remember right, he only really plays the banjo for, like, kind of like 20 to 30 seconds at a time. Yeah, yeah. And then he'll just kind of talk for a while. He's not thinking about, like, tunes. I mean, he's yeah. saying this is this tune, but yeah, he's just kind of, like, fluidly going back and forth between talking and playing. Yeah, and, like, in the recordings you hear him... Like, he'll play for a bit, and then he'll stop, and then he'll sort of mention, oh, I had this idea, or I came up with this technique, yeah. and look, this is how it allows me to play the tune, and so it'll play it a different way, Yeah, and and it's really cool. Does he do that same kind of thing in this uh, yeah. James and Dink? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it always makes me wonder, it's like, is that just, like, how they hang out and play the banjo, or... Is it, is it just because there was a microphone up? Interesting. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I would love to. Yeah. If anyone has actually hung out with them and can, and, can, and can say, that would be great. Right in. Yeah. So you were able to sort of piece together a tune form out of this decidedly not tune form. This formless bit yeah. melodies and ideas. Yeah. Yeah, I was going through just listening, and I thought, oh, there's a lot of cool things in here. I'd, I'd love to put together a tune. And then at the same time, I was working on material for an EP that I was recording with my brother, who's a great guitarist. Um, and I wanted to have something that I could play with him. Um, and so I had to turn it into a form so that, you know, he could actually come up yeah, with of course, chords yeah. that, that could follow. And... These are the concessions we make when we want to play with other people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
So, have you done a lot of adapting banjo music for fiddle? Actually, not not a lot. I mean, that's kind of one of the few I've done. I've also done it with um, on guitar, like flat picking guitar, sure. and trying to like copy banjo patterns on guitar, and a little bit on mandolin. It's kind of I feel like I don't play the banjo, but I try to play the banjo on other instruments a lot. Yeah. It's kind of a, a thing. No, I appreciate that. There's, you know, banjo does often so much work to try to abstract what the fiddler is doing. and mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it's, it's nice to know that there's some fiddlers trying to do the same in reverse. Yeah, it's, it's fun to try to piece together because it is more sparse, so it really forces me to think about... Um, using my bowing more than than just the notes or finding ways that I can you know bridge between the notes in a tasteful way without adding too much clutter you know yeah were you playing that in cross then yeah cross G cross G we're at the Centralia camp out I don't know what is the actual official name of this all time all time festivals are so obtuse and it's like hard to (laughs) (laughs) we're at the yellow sticker the let's pick yellow sticker Mm -hmm. yeah festival in Centralia Washington uh and you are from Olympia not too far from here just about half an hour north I feel like cross G jams is like a big Pacific Northwest thing yeah you hear it a lot yeah, it seems like growing up in Olympia, I always seem to play more cross A somehow, but I know that I hear it a lot. Yeah, maybe it's more of a... I mean, yeah, I guess it depends on who you're playing with, but I, I feel like since moving back to the Pacific Northwest, I've played more cross G jams than I than I ever did back in the, in the Northeast. You're a, a student of Lisa... Ornstein, right? Um, I'm not currently. Or was. Yeah, I was for a while, and that was that was amazing. Um, I kind of fell off of that a little bit, but Lisa has taught me so much and been such an amazing mentor. Um, such a valuable asset to the community, just such a gem of a person. To the communities. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so many communities. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so knowledgeable in, in about so many different things, whether it's old-time music or... Kipikwa music, yeah, or uh, activism. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I could just I could go to a lesson and say, "Hey, I want to work on this Tommy Jarrell tune," and and Lisa would you know have a story about learning it from Tommy, yeah, and, and have all these amazing insights about, um, you know, how Tommy thought about the tune, or, um, or just like the the aspects of the place and culture that that feed into the tune and I think you know as somebody who you know I was you know never had a chance to meet Tommy or yeah. uh, these other you know greats that we we look up to who are no longer with us that having people like Lisa that are like that bridge that are like willing to show this new generation that music um and try to you know pass it on um as faithfully as as they can I think that's it's amazing yeah there's a lot of uh there's a lot more that goes into to teaching music in general, but like, I mean, I think especially like oral tradition music, than just the notes or just the techniques, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, how lovely that you were able to find someone who had so much context to yeah. to offer as well. What was she your first? Was she your first fiddle teacher? 
No, I've had several fiddle teachers going back a long time. Um, when I started playing fiddle, um, my, my first teacher when I was three years old yeah. was um, Robin Silver, who's the, the mother of Alex and Tatiana Hargraves. Okay, very good. And so I started with with Suzuki, but all along I, I was infatuated with the fiddle music. And so yeah. we'd kind of, we'd do the Suzuki thing, and then at the end of the lesson, no, she'd show me a fiddle tune. Yeah, that's great. Like the candy at the end, you know? That's great. <laughs> <laughs> the candy at the end. <laughs> So fiddle, fiddle music, traditional music, and learning an instrument went hand in hand, like from the beginning. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I try to piece together what the progression was for my parents because I can't remember it. it was so I was so young, but um, I think that all along I had an infatuation with the fiddle as an instrument, um, and then there was like a specific moment that I guess led that into old time music um, when I was two years old. Um, I was living in Corvallis, Oregon, and um, my parents had taken me down to the the county park or something. They were they had it was like a live concert series out on the lawn, and Foghorn String Band was playing. Yeah, and and I just apparently grabbed two sticks and stood up in front of Sammy and imitated him for like an hour. How old were you at this time? Two years old. Yeah, yeah. So that's Amazing. kind of like I was just stricken with it. Yeah. And I was like, and then we got the Foghorn CD, the first one, and I mean, I've listened to that probably hundreds of times, you know. I'm curious, I, I'm always interested in when people are young and figure out at an early age that they want to do traditional music, and then like what that looks like for them uh, socially, ah. trying to make communities of, of peers. <laughs> Like, yeah. uh, when it takes so many other people, like a lot longer to find this music. And I, I guess I'm just curious, did you have other trad music friends or was it just sort of this thing that you're like, I don't really know how to connect, you know, about old time music, about this old time string band that I saw and was in, am obsessed with, you know, like, did you have peers that you could connect with about old time music? Yeah, well, I certainly developed that. I mean, at first it wasn't really, I mean, I was so young, I don't think I was thinking about it. I was sure. just like, I love this music, I want to play the fiddle. Um, and then when we moved to Olympia when I was um, four years old, um, we started to get connected with all these families that were also, um, you know, doing in this scene. And actually, I mean, it was kind of, I kind of dragged my family into it because they weren't really in the scene. Yeah. They just wanted to do it so much. Yeah. But then we found... As a four-year-old. <laughs> yeah. So we found, like, you know, Emily and Eric and, and their kids, Ruby and Maggie, were playing. Yeah. Um, and, you know, um, Shannon and Jerome, their kids, Rosie and Hatcher, and, and Ellie and Annie. And, and so there was, like, fortuitously, this, like, Olympia, this community of all these kids and all these families that were, you know, coming to this you know, camp out together and, like, Ever since I was a little kid, coming to this and like Oli Old Time, like those are the people that organize Oli Old Time, so we would go to Oli Old Time and hang out with all the kids there. And I think that was like, um, that was amazing, amazing childhood. It, 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 I mean, it was a real community. I didn't feel like, like it was a, this was this weird thing that I was doing that nobody cared about. You yeah. know, it was like, you know, I this like, like some of my best friends were were doing this too. Yeah. Wow. 
Yeah, that's like a real embarrassment of riches. The this general <laughs> part of the world. Mm -hmm. So many uh, young people playing traditional music. Yeah. So that you know, maybe they don't have. Because I feel like that's a that's a thing. Like when when like a kid has a, a singular interest, and then at a certain point they find out that their friends maybe don't have that interest mm -hmm. and they're like is this going am i going to allow myself to differentiate by having you know this like thing that i do that i can't relate to them about or am i going to uh put it away because it feels embarrassing or something yeah. like i i there's so many like you know irish step dancer kids that i've met who i feel like had that kind of experience mm -hmm. at, at a certain point but you didn't have to worry about that no and yeah. there was certainly some some community members that did just amazing work like mentoring us kids and like bringing us together like Anthea Lawrence and Jesse Partridge yeah like doing the kids jam and getting us all together for that and like and Anthea was my fiddle teacher for a long time and and also the fiddle teacher to a bunch of these other kids and would bring us together and you know help us start to form bands and and yeah. so like we had you know like little community gigs to like work up to so it felt like there was like a bigger purpose to all of it and like or like get together a band for a dance or something yeah you know? well what do you want to play next um you know what uh let's do i'm gonna do lost girl the, the first cut off of foghorn's first album because that is to me when i think about old time music that is like that's yeah. my focal point so no. Do you it. remember what tune Sammy was playing? Like when you? No, <laughs> that would I be a very early I memory. <laughs> River, how old are you? Nineteen. Nineteen. I thought that it was still a, te a teen year, but I didn't know exactly which one. So that that tracks time timeline wise. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wonder how people of Foghorn would feel about. If they heard this, you know, just like, oh yeah, we've been around for long enough that uh, we were some two-year-olds' first <laughs> influences, and <laughs> they are now capable of playing like this. Yeah. Thank you. 
It's good to play fast. <laughs> it's fun to play fast. <laughs> oh my goodness. Let's say collect myself before I interview again. Okay. Tune. <laughs> so you said you dragged your family into the scene. And I'm I'm curious, had they had any exposure to traditional music, old time music, things like that before? How do they feel about it then? How do they feel about it now? I think that, I mean, my parents were always really open to a lot of different kinds of music. Um, I don't know that there was really, like, old time music around in, like, in the record collection or anything like that. Yeah. But um, they had a record collection. Well, I mean, I guess, yeah. So, okay. Well, so, that, yeah, if they're, like, record collection parents, that's something. Well, yeah. I guess they were on CDs at that point. Well, sure. But, you know, but, yeah, Recording they had, like, collection. you know, they had traveled in South and Central America a lot and, like, you know, collected some traditional music from those places. And so they were into, I guess, alternative music, you know. Sure, they're into the the value of culturally specific music as yeah. opposed to just being able to play in an orchestra yeah, or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So it wasn't necessarily like a hard sell. No, it certainly wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. And your brother as well. Yeah. We, older we, or younger? Younger. Yeah. yeah. So we, we got him into it. I mean, he's not as rabid about it, but yeah. Um, Enough to make an EP with you. Yeah, you know, he's, he, he likes the social aspect of the music. Um, he's not necessarily one to, like, woodshed a ton, but, you know, get him in a jam and he's great. I'm curious about, about you, like, to what extent is it about the social aspect of music, or if, you know, for instance, if there were a situation where you were forced to not be with people for, like, a year, a year and mm-hmm. a half... And, you know, would you still play music? <laughs> yeah. By, that, all by yourself, hypothetically. Oh, hypothetically. Yeah, I yeah. played more music in the last year and a half than than I probably ever have yeah. on, like, a per-day basis. I mean, I think uh, I was missing the social aspect so much that... Um, and to me, like, I, I've played a lot of different kinds of music, but old-time feels like the most social yeah. of, of the kinds that I've played. And in the last year and a half, I played a lot of old time because I was just missing the social thing so much. And it was, I would just like put on an album or play along or like, I would like be listening to Quarantine Happy Hour and play yeah. along. Um, or I was just like, oh, I want to jam with people so bad. Let me, I'm going to work on some really cool tunes so that once I can jam again, yeah. I have these cool tunes to play. <laughs> Um, and I did like, you know, I went through a Manko Sneed thing and I, you know, learned a bunch of those tunes. And so I, yeah, I, I mean, I, I love it so much. I mean, I couldn't go very long without, without playing, but, but if there was, if there was never the social aspect, if I never got to play with other people, it would be less fun for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But I guess for some people, like, it's always interesting to talk to people after this last year, you know, and say like. Some people who are musicians that I look up to, you know, they're like, oh, yeah, I, d- I didn't play at all. I wow. couldn't I couldn't do it, you know. And then other people are like, yeah, I actually really thrived musically, <laughs> like in a year where I, for whatever reason, you know, wasn't playing with other people. And, uh, you know, people like to, like, 
people like to make a lot of statements about why this music is valuable, and oftentimes it's the loudest, most extroverted people saying, oh, it's because of the community, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm always interested to hear where people fall on that kind of spectrum. Yeah. Not that it's like a line. I think that the community is great, but it's also just great music. Yeah. Like, it's fun to play. Yeah. So I'll happily play it on my own if yeah. that's all I have. Yeah. Hmm. Well, what else do we want to play today? Yeah, I mean, you've brought more than just your Yeah, fiddle. maybe it's time to break it up with another instrument. Um, let's see. So this is going back to the um, adapting kind of banjo-ish stuff on yeah. other instruments. This is one, I didn't specifically adapt it from like a banjo version, but I was thinking about adapting banjo techniques on okay. the mandolin. Um, on this this um, version of Highlander's Farewell I've come up with. Oh, great. Are you doing it in A? Yeah. Let me, um, let me see what I can do with this. That would be really awesome. I'm, I've done it a couple times, and I'm kind of obsessed with the combination. Uh, That's exactly what I was envisioning. <laughs> great! <laughs> okay.
Cool. <laughs> Love that tune. I don't know one. if I've ever played it with a mandolinist before. What a treat. Is this mandolin thicker than a normal mandolin? I don't think so. The scroll here is... Yeah, it looks... It bulges up. Oh, yeah! I don't know if they usually do that. It's just such a distinctive looking... Mm -hmm. I know this is an audio medium and people aren't going to be able to see <laughs> that, but... Yeah, well, uh, you were saying that you have played other styles of music, and obviously you play other instruments. I'm, I'm curious, when did old-time music branch out into other genres and traditions? Because I know that at Vashon, you seem to be very comfortable playing medieval Flemish music and Scandinavian music and yeah. non-old-time things. Yeah, so... Hard to pinpoint, um, but I think that pretty early on, like probably Robin Silver, my first fiddle teacher, I know that she would kind of make like album recommendations mm. to our family, um, and like I think we got a Hanukkah Castle album pretty early on, and we got an Alistair Fraser and Natalie Haas album really yeah. early on, so. Like that was definitely, I was listening to that stuff and I was kind of getting into it pretty early. And, and then when we moved to Olympia and eventually started taking lessons with Anthea, um, Anthea's a really accomplished Irish fiddler. Mm. Um, I studied with Martin Hayes and so, so she would teach me a lot of Celtic tunes. So for a while there I got, I got really into the Celtic music, um, and I had a, phase of Cape Breton music. I was really into Natalie McMaster. Um, so it was usually like, yeah, like somebody would say, oh, you got to get the CD or, oh, this artist is coming to town. You got to go see the show. And I would be like, go and I was like, oh, that's cool. I want to learn some of that. And I think that's kind of, kind of common in this region in the Northwest. Yeah. That people kind of dabble in, in a lot of different traditions. And there's like this idea, like, well, I just like to play good tunes, and I'll play yeah. good tunes from any tradition or something like that, you know? I I feel like it. fiddle tunes is a big part of it. Yeah. Just like the fiddle tunes culture. Yeah. Like the, the festival, the camp. Yeah. Because they're, they've for so long been bringing in so many different traditional fiddlers. Yeah. And I certainly have been there quite a few times and, and done that whole thing, and... And I've also been a bunch of times to um, Valley of the Moon camp that Alistair Fraser puts on, and he also brings um, musicians from a bunch of different traditions to okay. that. And is wait, where is that? That's in uh, in California, outside of Santa Cruz in the Redwoods. Okay, cool. It's a really fun camp. Did you go there like regularly, or just a couple times? Uh, I've or? been there what like five or so times. Yeah, yeah. cool. And that's like that's where I got exposed to Scandinavian music. Mm. They they brought some musicians over from Sweden, um, and so I got into that, and you know went back and learned some of that. And they brought musicians from Quebec, and so I. I would imagine it's like an overnight camp kind of thing. Yeah, it's like a week long, like you're yeah. there. Cool. Yeah. And so and it's like in town, there's like people that that are sort of 
accomplished in different traditions. So like I could go there and you know learn some kind of tunes and then come back and like be like, hey Lisa, can you can you teach me more of these? These are these are good. So. Yeah. <laughs> but I do kind of you know for a while I think that I was stretched really thin though, and I mm. there was some like the Irish. I, I played a lot of Irish and I played a lot of Scottish, and I think I got really inside enough of that to really play it um, in an appropriate way but I think that sometimes the pitfall of this exploring which is amazing is that you don't exactly and I've explored on in different instruments as well as different traditions can you, know, you don't put enough time into each one to really yeah you know get inside it yeah so yeah it seems like you've enjoyed some sort of tasting and sampling but there's you've had to have a, enough focus at least to be able to like actually make a meal out of yeah certain traditions yeah old time being one of yeah, them yeah for sure among others yeah well we've got time for a couple more what do you what do you want to play next um let's do uh, I guess the real question is what do you want to end on because we've got two more so. Um, let's end with filling the low ground. Oh, great. Oh, yes, of course, yeah. Um, so we've got two more. I want to do that guitar tune. Yeah, what tune do you want to play on that? I'm going to do um, Karen Collins' tune. Okay. Which um, Sammy Brayman found on some field recording. Yeah. And, and the only's recorded it, and I think it's starting to proliferate a little bit. Good. Um, let's keep that yeah. proliferation going. It's a good tune. Okay, Karen Collins' tune. Will you remind me what key this is in? Um, is it a G tune? Yeah, it's a G tune. Yeah. Well, but also we can play it in A because I can capo. Um, because the thing that I'm doing is kind of like a hybrid of on the Olney's album. There's um, the Where's Karen track, which is essentially it, but like a stripped it down ban banjo version of it. Cool. And um, it is an A, and I don't know if they just sped up the recording or if it's actually an A. But <laughs> interesting. Um,
Team. Yeah. I Karen Collins. Yeah, Karen Collins. <laughs> yeah. Learned that from Annie Davis. And the Sassafras sisters also recorded it, and you should check out their album because it's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> They're amazing. Yeah, they are amazing. <laughs> well, we have time for one more. And before we do that, where do people go to get your new EP with your brother? And anything else you want to mention? Contact you to hire you for a yeah. square answer. Book you for a festival or all those for things? Sure. Yeah, so you can find um, my website at rivershirelle.com and you can find my music on Bandcamp, this new EP. Um, just search River and Sage Shirelle Bandcamp, you should yeah. be able to find it. Um, in addition, if you want to follow me on Instagram, I'm river underscore Shirelle. That's probably what I update the most regularly. Okay. Um, and you can get into contact me via the website, is a contact form, or you can message me on Instagram or Facebook or something. Perfect. Yeah. Thanks so much for doing this, taking a little bit of your festival time to. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. This has been really enjoyable. Yeah, <laughs> likewise. It's so fun to play with you. Likewise. What do you want to do for the last tune? Well, lastly, I want to do um, Billy in the Low Ground, um, which I feel like is, to me, the embodiment of like the Northwest old time yeah. scene, like this tune. The A Billy in the, the low a, ground. Yeah, the, the A Billy. Calico, right? Yeah, in Calico. Yeah, yeah and it. Everybody plays it. Um, a bunch of people have recorded it in the, in the scene. The Olneys, Sassafras Sisters, Dante Nero's Falk, the, um, the Romero's. Yeah. Like, and so, I mean, it's. And I feel like this is one of the tunes that I just kind of amorphously picked up via jams here and at Ole Old Time and fiddle tunes. Like, yeah. it just came together. So It's just in the water. Yeah. Yeah. So, I gotta, gotta play it. Maybe I'll do this. Oh, Calico oh, too. Yeah. <laughs> right, we're, we're both in Calico now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Ready to get in the low ground.
You can visit River's website at riversherelle.com, follow him on Instagram at river underscore Shirelle, and buy his EP with his brother Sage at riverandsagesherelle.bandcamp.com. Support Get Up in the Cool by sharing the show with someone you know, or sharing and liking the video posts on all the social media places. And if you're able, please help fund this podcast by signing up at patreon.com slash getupinthecool. You can order a mask, t-shirt, bag, sticker, or phone case at Get Up in the Cool's merch store. Visit pitchforkbanjo.com for my instructional claw hammer banjo series or to schedule a lesson with me. Check out my other podcast, Think Outside the Box Set. It's available in all the same places as Get Up in the Cool. And again, everything I just mentioned is linked in the show notes for this episode in your podcast app. That's all for now, friends. Thanks for listening. Come back same time next week to Get Up in the Cool. 